Many things have changed since uh, we met last week and we're all gathering in our homes and getting used to all of that sort of stuff. But I know that um, things are going to look a little bit different for a little while. But I also want to remind you that even though the church is separated or not meeting in this room at the moment, that the church was never about the building. The church has always been about family. The truth is that when foundations are shaken, doors fly open, opportunities open up for us, and we have a wonderful opportunity to be able to do things and see things and be part of things that we've never been able to be part of before. This morning, we might be gathering or meeting a little bit differently to what's normal, but the commission of the church has never changed. The commission of the church is that we would grow in Christ, that we invest in people, so that the transforming power of God can be upon our community. And life will change and we can experience life change when Christ comes in. So welcome to Church Online. Welcome to this new format that we're experiencing right at this moment in time. And uh, today we're going to look at question seven of our series that we're in, Jesus's FAQs, Frequently Asked Questions. And I, I don't know if you've picked it up yet or not, but I really believe that uh, Jesus never made statements that he really didn't mean us to understand. He, everything that he said was about what he wanted it to say. He didn't waste words. And each of the questions that we've looked at over the, the past seven or so weeks, each one of them have been just as relevant for us as they were to the people that Jesus asked. For instance, who do you say that I am? Was the first one that we looked at. It was a relevant question for us. And do you now believe was the second one that we looked at. Do you want to get well? Why are you so afraid? Do you still not understand? And are you also going to leave me? Each one of those points or questions pointed to a very intentional cause that Jesus wanted to establish with a particular person or a particular group of people. And, and realistically, today's question is no different. The question, though, leads uh, out of an experience or a mo part of Jesus' time when he was telling, uh, leads us into one of his most telling parables and uh, the Good Samaritan. The question came from an expert in the law. Some versions call him a lawyer. And he stood up before Jesus, not really to ask him a question that he wanted an answer for, but he stood up to ask Jesus a question in order to test him to see if Jesus would answer correctly according to the Jewish tradition. Because if he didn't, uh, and what he was hoping was that Jesus would be, uh, could be accused of blasphemy. And that way they could actually charge him with something and blasphemy was a death sentence. So that's what happens and that's where we pick up this story in Luke chapter 10 this morning. Luke chapter 10 starting at verse 25 in Jesus is with this group and it says... And behold, a certain lawyer stood up and tested him, saying, Teacher, what shall I do to inherit eternal life? He said to them, What is written in the law? What is your reading of it? So he answered and said, You shall love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your strength, and with all your mind, and your neighbour as yourself. And he said to them, You have answered rightly. Do this and you will live. But he... Wanting to justify himself, said to Jesus, and who is my neighbor? And the scriptures go on for Jesus to give the story of the Good Samaritan. Okay, so 
the question that the lawyer asked is a question that you and I, I believe, really have heard many, many times before in different ways. It's, you may not have heard, what have I got to do to inherit the kingdom of God? What have I got to do to receive eternal life? Um, but you will have heard things like, how do I get to heaven? Or what does it mean to be a Christian? Or if I'm a just a good person, that's enough. I can get to heaven by being just a good person. Why do I have to believe in Jesus in order to get to heaven? God is a God of love, so doesn't, don't everybody get to heaven? They're questions that each one of us really have heard from time to time. And the list goes on. And that question really is at the core of our society in so many ways, as it was for Jesus and Jesus' day. And his response to their lawyer was one we would do well to really let ourselves understand as well. So how would you answer that question if it were put to you? If this was the question that someone asked you, what do I need to do in order to get to heaven? What would you do? How would you respond? The question that I would put to you, or the statement that I would make to you was, how did Jesus respond? And he answered the question with a question, as he did often, and he said, today's question, what do the scriptures say? So the first point that I want us to understand this morning is that we need to point people to the word of God. When people begin to ask those questions, we point people to the word of God. The very first thing that Jesus did when he was uh, asked the question was direct, to direct the lawyer back to the word of God. Rather than giving him his own position, he didn't make up something from his own thoughts or his own experiences. His question said really at all. Jesus could have done either because he's, because he's Jesus, but I believe he was also giving us an example of, of what we should be doing. When people begin to ask us questions, how do we answer that? We, we point them back to the scriptures. And uh, some of the questions that are going to be thrown up at us as we live in a life contrary to the way that uh, the Bible would want us to be, or let's put it the other way, if we live a life that's contrary to the rest of the world, at some point people are going to ask us a question that is going to put us on the spot. And perhaps even the question will come to test us, to see how we will answer. And that's what Jesus did. He pointed the lawyer back to the, the scriptures. And right now in our society, we, I believe, are facing a time when people are at an all-time low in, in hope. Uh, their way of life is being challenged. Uh, they're, they're struggling because they're feeling vulnerable. Everything that they recognise as normal is no longer really set in concrete or normal. And Jesus indicated that in the last day, all of these things were going to happen. In fact, he says that in Matthew 24, verse 13. We may not be to the point that Matthew 24 is, but listen to how Jesus actually describes those times. Take heed that no one deceives you, for many will come in my name saying, I am the Christ and will deceive many, and you will hear of wars and rumours of wars. See that you are not troubled, for all these things must come to pass, but the end is not yet. For nation will rise against nation, kingdom against kingdom, and there will be famines, pestilences, and earthquakes in various places, and all these things are the beginning 
of sorrows. Then they will deliver you up to tribulation and kill you, and you will be hated by all nations for my name's sake. And then many will be offended, will betray one another, and will hate one another. Then many false prophets will rise up and deceive many, and because lawlessness will abound, the love of many will grow cold. We really don't need to be fearful of these times, but we need to know what the scriptures say. Otherwise, how can we point people back to the scriptures? How can we point people to something we don't know what they're talking about? And the scriptures give us very clear understanding of what we should expect, particularly in light of what we're experiencing at the moment. So we need to be able to do that, to point people to the scriptures, which brings me to the second point. We must know the scriptures for ourselves. Jesus was able to point the lawyer back to the scriptures because he knew what the scriptures were talking about. He knew the scriptures. And there is a lot of heresy about the word of God and and what God says and what it doesn't. Our country has in recent times made a significant shift away from the word, what the word of God would really talk about. And even the church, in many cases, has been caught up on seemingly embracing some of these changes into the life of the church. And sadly, the church has even justified those changes because it does not see the word of God as the word of God as inerrant and infallible, but rather as an historical book that has been open or is open for interpretation for anyone who might listen. That conclusion means that the Bible can be adapted to whatever culture or whatever society is at any point in time. It means that we can change the word of God to suit our needs. But if we believe the Bible is the word of God, that it's infallible and it's inerrant, and it cannot change, and we believe what the Word of God says, and when it talks about God is a God who cannot change, we must understand that the Bible is a book that cannot change. When that happens, then we are able to go back to something that's of strong foundation, strong truth, and absolute in all of those things. The things that were an abomination to the God at the earliest of times are still an abomination to God right now. The things that he didn't like in the Old Testament, God is still a God who doesn't like those things in the new and in our current culture. We, we don't change the Bible to suit our culture or our lifestyle. We suit our culture or we change our culture and lifestyle to suit the scriptures. We need to do that because it's the scriptures that direct us, not the culture. So that's why when we're asked about spiritual questions, we should be directing people back to the scriptures. But we can't do that unless we know what the scriptures tell us in the first time. So the very first question perhaps would be if someone were to ask about what do you believe? Uh, Or they said, how do I get to heaven? Maybe our first question is what do you believe? What do you think needs to happen? That way we establish a position of starting so that we can take them back to the scriptures at the right point. That we need to know what the scriptures say in that it's imperative at a time like this when we're not able to meet together in person like we once did, that we put the effort and the practice into understanding and learning and studying the word of God like we've never done before. 
that sharing the word of God with our friends and our family and our neighbours and our shop people, that's more important now and it's not going to just come from one person. All of us have that responsibility. Now, like never before, people are facing fearful things. They're fearful of what's going on in society and without hope. And we face uncertain times. And it seems that every time our Prime Minister gets up to speak to us as a nation, more bad news follows. But this really shouldn't catch us by surprise. But we do need to look for ways that we might be able to share lovingly the Word of God with those in our family and our friends. That's why it's imperative for us that we understand and know what the Word of God says. That's why if we don't know what it says, we too will be left floundering in what to say. When people ask us those questions, what are you going to say if you don't know, if we don't know what the Word of God tells us? It'll be a world of confusion. And Jesus' response to the, the lawyer is a response that I really want to, or a question that I want to ask you this morning. If you have questions about spiritual matters, what do the scriptures say? If you want to understand things of spiritual matters, go to the source of, the spirit, of where it's written, the Word of God. If you don't know what the scriptures say, can I just encourage you right at this moment in time to get a copy of the scriptures for yourself? If you don't have a copy, you can download free copies from lots of different places, but version or some other place that you can get a free copy. But if you don't know what the scriptures say, get a copy of the scriptures, read a copy of the scriptures and begin to look and evaluate and study what the word of God is talking about. And in a time of isolation like we have right at this moment in time, there really is no better time than to get into the Word of God for yourself and become part of the family, part of the online faith family and community that we have at this moment in time. Don't let the isolation of our world at this moment hinder the work that God can do in our lives as we study the Word for ourselves. Don't let the isolation and the, from other people keep us from building ourselves up in Christ, or that the church should stop growing. Remember, Jesus said, I will build my church, and the gates of Hades will not prevail against it. But this time is a time when we should be encouraging one another, praying for meeting, meeting with one another, praying for one another, all the more as we see the day of the Lord approaching. Let's not give up doing that. And finally, I just want to finish off with this. Do not let the word of God go unheeded. But the final point, do what it says. Do what it tells us to do. Don't just know what it says. When the, Jesus asked the lawyer, what do he believe the scripture said? I, I, I'm amazed every time I read this, but every time I, I hear the answer, I'm conscious that the lawyer knew exactly what he was supposed to do. He said, love the Lord your God with all your heart, soul, mind and strength. And love your neighbor as yourself. He couldn't have put it together any better than he, than he did. Jesus congratulated him even on his answer. And he said, go and do it. Because obviously he hadn't. But Jesus' next words really went to the core of the problem. And I recognize that sometimes we struggle with the same thing. He knew the scriptures. He understood what they said. But it seems that he had a problem actually putting them into practice. 
He didn't understand what to do, what he probably did understand, but he wasn't willing to put them into practice. And I think it's fair to say that there are many people in our society, even perhaps even in our churches, who do know what the scriptures say, but are unwilling to do what they say. It really is sad that I think that applies as much to the church as it does to the outside. We must be careful that we don't fall into that same trap of being in that group of people who week by week come into a church building and sit down and, and soak up all the information, know what it's saying, but don't go what it's doing. Now we're in a position where we can't come to meet one another and sit down in our regular seats, but it's still the same. We can listen to this, we can watch this, we can understand what's being said in the scriptures, but never doing anything about it. When people express fear and frustration of people tend to lose control of their, their thoughts and their actions. And I think we're in that position in our churches and in our society at the moment. I believe there is a wonderful opportunity in our culture and society right at this very moment in time. It's one of the most exciting times I believe that we have ever really been in. I believe that this event that we are going through right at the moment is, has the whole world on its knees Everything that has been normal has been cut away. It's an opportunity to share hope with your families and your friends. It's an opportunity, a wonderful opportunity for evangelism to share with those perhaps not even face to face, but when people begin to ask the spiritual questions, what's going on? How do I make sure that my life is okay? We begin to point them back to the scriptures. We do something about what we know to be true. It's an opportunity to share with shop assistants that we get the opportunity with or whoever God puts into our path or whoever comes along. When people express fear and frustration, and it's, it really is something that we need to understand that we have an opportunity to share them with. So in Matthew 6, Jesus puts it like this. I say to you, do not worry about your life, what you will eat or what you'll drink, nor about your body. What you'll put on is not life more than food and the body more than clothing. Look at the birds of the air, for they neither sow nor reap nor gather into barns, yet your heavenly Father feeds them. And are you not more of value than they? Which of you, by worrying, can add one single day to your life? But even though we might know this, that scripture passage is probably well known to all of you. We might know and understand what Jesus is saying. There are some who fall into panic mode or something worse as restrictions gradually come into us. As public fear increases, there are people even in the church where fear increases. As the world, as we know it, changes right before our eyes. So even when we know what the scriptures tell us, we are fearful. We know where to have faith and to be courageous and to stand strong in the face of adversity, but we don't. We're quick to justify our behavior. We fall into a panic mode if we're not careful. Look what the lawyer did when Jesus told him that after he said, you've answered well. He said in Luke 10, you have answered rightly. Do this and you will live. But he, that is the lawyer, wanting to justify himself, said to Jesus, who is my neighbor? 
he was quick to justify himself before Jesus. And we know the scriptures say about going into our world. We know that we are to make disciples. We know that the scriptures tell us about teaching others what we know and what we've been taught. We know that we are supposed to do that, but somewhere along the line, we too justify ourselves or justify our behaviour, suggesting that maybe it's not our gift to do something, not our place to do that. That's someone else's job to do that. We're not experienced enough. We're too young or we're too old. We're, we're too busy, too isolated. None of those things really do negate the word of God and the instructions to go into our world and make disciples. The scriptures give us a very clear plan of what it means to be saved, how we can have salvation. In other words, if we don't know what we need to do in order to be saved, to make it to heaven, then we have it written out for us in the word of God. It's right here. The lawyer knew what it said. That's the weird part here because when Jesus asked him, he knew exactly what he had to do. We don't know how he responded to Jesus' parable. And we really don't know why he asked the question in the first place except that he wanted to test Jesus, seeing he already knew the answer. But he needed, as Jesus was pointing out, to make the Lord first in his life. He needed to put the Lord, love the Lord your God with all your heart, soul, mind and strength. What he had just verbalized to Jesus that was that his whole entire being needed to be focused on loving God. It needed to be complete surrender to do, to do what the Lord wants him to do and to follow him and love him with all of his heart. And there are many who will not be prepared to do that, even though they may know the right answer. There may be many people that you talk to that said, I know what I've got to do, but I don't want to do it. And even if they don't know the answer and somebody need to tell them, there are many even after that who will just walk away and try and justify their lifestyle and use answers like, oh, I'll just wait a little bit until I'm a bit older. Or I'll just wait and enjoy life first. I'll wait till the kids are off my hand. Or I'll wait till I get married. Or some other thing. I just want to enjoy myself. I just really don't need that at the moment. I have everything I need at the moment. Christianity is just a crutch for the weak. We've been conditioned to live with access to everything that we need in our society. Everything being at our fingertips. But these recent times have taken that option away. And as a result, there are many that realise that they're actually stuck. That's one of the reasons we're finding so much panic. They need to find things because... They have had their security of work taken away from them. The money in the bank is, is obviously going to be a stress for some. Food in the cupboard is something that we are used to, but at the moment, even those things are being challenged. Freedom to do or buy or go and do what we want has been taken away and is gradually being eroded from us, and people are scared. Many are feeling vulnerable and fearful of the future. Whether we like it or not, these are the times we're in. And we need to understand that Jesus is always in control and we need to do what we know we should be doing. As I said before, I'm really excited about these days. I really believe that God has made us or caused us, perhaps even forced us, 
to do things that, to get us out of the, the rut, the box that we've been in. I believe that God is pouring out his mercy and his love on us right now. He's giving us an opportunity to respond to the kingdom of God, perhaps even for the first time. Maybe even today you've been listening and God has placed upon your heart and you've realized that nothing in this world is certain. That's true. Nothing in this world is certain at all. Jesus makes this statement. He says, don't lay up yourselves treasures on earth where moth and rust destroy and where thieves break in and steal, but lay up for yourselves treasure in heaven where neither moth nor rust destroys and where thieves do not break in and steal for where your treasure is, there your heart will be also. The reality is that the things of this world will pass away. Nothing is for certain, and we can take nothing with us. The only thing that is certain is that we can have hope in Jesus Christ. And I believe that God is not willing that any should perish, but all come to the point of repentance. In the Old Testament, 2 Chronicles 7, it reminds us that if we find ourselves in a position where things are out of control, where, where our, the rain is being withheld, where the heavens have been closed off, where there is pestilence and disease and locusts that interfere with crops and things like that, and things start to get a little bit dire, if we turn back to God, we come to a verse, 2 Chronicles 7.14, that's very familiar to each one of us. If we are willing to do that, if we humble ourselves, if we pray, if we seek his face, if we turn from our wickedness, he will hear our prayers. He will answer us. He will hear our land, heal our land and he will forgive us our sin. We have the assurance that we can be with Christ in heaven if we turn back to him. But if we do not love the Lord our God with all our heart, soul, mind and strength, and we think that we can do whatever we want, then we are going to find that things are going to get very, very difficult for us. As the scriptures say, we need to love the Lord our God with all our heart, soul, mind and strength so that he controls everything that we do, that everything that we think, everything that we speak and the way that we live. Maybe... You've given your heart to the Lord Jesus Christ already, but you've been busy justifying your behavior, justifying, we all do that, justify our behavior. And we have a lack of motivation of doing things because of that justification. We're too old or too busy, whatever. We, we're not gifted in the right things. But can I just encourage you this morning that if we encourage each other, that we have a responsibility to show the scriptures to every single person. We, need, we have a responsibility to love the Lord our God with all our heart, with all our soul, with all our mind and with all our strength. And I believe these are really very exciting times and I believe that the wheat is ready for the harvest. Pray, the scriptures tell us, for workers to come into the harvest and be willing for the Lord to actually point the finger at you and say, how about you? I pray this morning that God will continue to use you in these times, that we will be experiencing not just isolation from each other, but we'll experience the, the love of Jesus Christ as we dwell into the, into the word of God, get into the word of God, 
point people to the scriptures. Know what the scriptures talk about and do what we're supposed to be doing. And I believe God is going to bless us as we seek him into the future. May God bless you. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen.